Welcome to Airbnb with D. This is your host, Devana, and today's episode is all about becoming a master of revenue management. So stay tuned as I dive into a checklist of items that you need to verify and ensure that you're following up with or even noting or even addressing if you feel that you're lacking in those areas. All right, guys, let's dive right in. So 2023 is the year that upgrading our profit strategies will make or break our business. Those that will succeed this year in the vacation rental industry, in the corporate rental industry, whether it's furnished finders, Airbnb, Verbo, are ones that will automate processes, hire teams when necessary, which in turn will free up people hours to focus on things that will further grow our businesses, like our guest experiences. So I want to go through a checklist of items that will help you save hours of time, feel confident about your pricing strategy, and know that you've taken advantage of the right automation. This is brought to you on behalf of Beyond Pricing, a pricing tool that I use personally to manage the pricings in my multiple units, because how do you know what's going on here, what's going on there, what event is going on here, if you don't have some type of automated system that assists you along the way. So if we are hoping to become um, a master at revenue management, there are some things that we have to ask ourselves and we have to write these down. So I'm hoping that these questions that really stick out to you, you're able to write down and get some answers to. So are you, so first, this is the major question everyone asks, are you struggling to get bookings on Airbnb, Verbo, or other sites? After you ask yourself that, let's ask and answer. So yes, you should have a notebook down, hopefully, um, that way you're able to have a self-assessment of yourself, your business, and see where um, you can maybe improve. How far out are your calendars open? So you know Airbnb allows you to pick how far out you want listings to be able to be continued. If you want nine months, 365 days, it's totally up to you. Are you charging a premium for those far out dates, right? So sometimes if we're using the smart pricing tool or we're just going in and doing the pricing ourselves, we're only looking at what we're putting in for that day, that week, that month, or maybe even the next two months. But what about nine months out from then? Are you ensuring that the price is where it needs to be to make sure that you get the profit that you need? Is your cancellation settings on a policy that would at least get you paid in the event that a guest books out nine months in advance and has to cancel? How often do you spend setting your pricing? Do you adjust this a few hours a week? Is this something you touch You know, all the time, are you using this as a way to try to attract new clients, decreasing the price? How are you incorporating guest search data into your strategy? So, you know, when you're on the Airbnb app, it tells you, you know, 30% of, 36% of guests are looking for places in this area. 27% of people are traveling to this area. It'll tell you things like that under the insights tab on your Airbnb app. Are you utilizing that? One of my favorites is it lets you know, you know, one of the tips it says, it says, 
24% of guests usually book their stays three weeks in advance for this area. I love that because depending on what your city's data is, yours may say guests book one day in advance. If you know that guests are booking three weeks in advance, then you're going to want to make sure that you have a pricing strategy for three weeks to at least compete with local hotels, right? And then next, so this is another question. Remember, we're on a checklist here. How would you rate your owner's overall experience, satisfaction with your property management? So if you are someone that does not own the property, if you are in an apartment, are you paying your rent timely? Are you always having maintenance or guest complaints? How do you think that they feel about you as a tenant? If you are in a privately owned home, have you properly serviced the property? Have you made sure you took care of their investment? How do they feel about you as a property manager? And if you have not yet accomplished these parts, maybe you're just listening to this episode for some case study research for yourself. I love that. Then write out what you want to be. What experience do you want people to have upon meeting you? Do you want to be a breath of fresh air? Do you want to be knowledgeable, resourceful? Do you want to be the Olivia Pope of property management? I don't want to be the Olivia Pope of property management. Property management is not my passion, but it is an amazing way to make some income for women like me, mothers, um, men alike, families, husbands, wives, you know, cousins, aunties, sisters, investing in real estate in any capacity, even if you're just buying land to hold on to, those things pay off. But the thing that I love about Airbnb and platforms like this is that you get an immediate payout for your efforts. And it is an essential service that we're providing. People will always need somewhere to stay. We can't promise that people will always need the new coat that you're selling at your boutique. We can't promise that someone will always need their lashes done in your city on a certain day even though we can promise that. Statistically, I love, oh, y'all. I love analytics, statistics, research, data, because it eliminates the what-ifs for you. It allows you to see if there are any gray areas, there's a percentage for that. And that's why it's so important that we look everything up, our average daily rates, that we're not just going based off what we saw last year, we're looking year-to-date, day-to-date, <laughs> whatever we have to do, to make sure that all of our analytics are written down and up to date so that we know what we're working with. Maybe when you got your keys, you got your place, the occupancy rate was at 46%. You've now taken a look and it's averaging about 28%. That means you now need to factor the fact that there has been a dip in that amount and see what you can do to stand out a part of that. Data keeps us safe. It allows us to know what we can do next. And so lastly, are you taking advantage of free resources and education? If this is the first time you're listening to the Airbnb with D podcast, I want to welcome you. But then I want to ask why. I'm happy you found me, but now you need to listen more, right? Because this is so many episodes of free education, free resources to make you a better host and to make you more money. That's really my only goal for you. I want you to make as much money as possible. Okay, so the next area of the checklist I'll go through with you is thinking about your guest experience. So for your guest experience, are you describing amenities in the best way? 
one tool that I love, you know, I've talked about it with you guys is using any word AI or any copywriting tool that'll really help you to describe the amenities at your place. I love, I love Airbnb friendly apartments and apartments because the best amenities come with it. Now you have to also understand when I say things like that, I also love the seven bedroom estate with the pool and things like that. Those are beautiful. It's just at this current time, that's not my race. And I think it's important that I say that because so many of us are inspired. Even I'm inspired by amazing business owners all over the world. I take trainings and courses just like you, as well as my own experience so that I'm able to be as transparent and effective as possible. But one thing that I will never be able to get away from telling you is to go on the path of least resistance for you. You could have a dream, a goal of having a, a, a hotel. Maybe that's not your goal. Maybe you're like, oh no, I don't want to own a hotel. I just want three Airbnbs, that's it. Maybe you're someone that says, no, I want 25 Airbnbs. I want them all over the world. I want them international. That is great for each and every one of you individually, but that does not have to be one of you accumulatively. You do not have to want all of those things. So I really suggest that you sit down and determine what you would like out of your Airbnb journey, what you're hoping to develop into in terms of real estate and property management, what companies you feel like you can start and actually excel at within these sectors, because you know this is bigger than Airbnb, this is big business. So it's big business too, you get a lot of money from this. So have a talk with yourself and all of the things that you've been inspired by Sit and consider, hmm, which of these do I feel like is most appropriate and fits my current lifestyle, my current family situation, my current financial situation, my current funding situation, which could be different than your financial situation, guys, your current timing situation, your current health situation, all right? These are the things that impact your life as an entrepreneur. So you wanna make sure that you're addressing those and then determining the path best for you and then taking advantage of every free resource that you can within that. Okay, so describing your menus in the best way. Are they displayed in your photos? So this is one thing that I think is, is so important. You know how we'll go to these places, apartments, you know, my preference, and We'll have the pool, we'll have a game room. This is one thing I want to tell you. So do not go on that property's website and copy their pool and their game room image, mainly because those images are copyrighted. And while they may allow Airbnb or they may allow corporate leasing, the last thing you'd wanna do is come up as a flag for copyrighted images in some way, no. Go out there and have the uh, Airbnb photographer once they come take your pictures take another picture of that. What I love about this is, even if you've already had your pictures professionally taken by an Airbnb photographer, in the app, you'll see that you still keep getting the reminder, you'll keep getting the option. That's not a bad thing. People redecorate their spaces often. We notice flaws in previous photos, and it is okay to reset that person back up, get a new crisp, um, view and have them go over to those amenities too, because don't forget Airbnb's taking that out of your payments to pay them. Okay, so next, 
Have you ever stayed in your rental and know firsthand what your guests experience? This is so funny for me because I grew up in poverty. I'll say that. I don't want to say extreme poverty because, you know, we, we found a way to make things work. Thank God. But I grew up in poverty. And what I learned growing up, I remember my best friend, every time I went over her house, oh my God, it was so clean. She had, oh my God, y'all, this was so funny. So this is when I was much younger. We never bought anything with a brand name. I mean, if it was Coca-Cola, it's going to be soda. If it is macaroni, it's going to be, you know, great value. Like that was just it. Go to the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest. And that was what a poverty mentality will do. We'll talk about that in a later episode about poverty mentality and entrepreneurship because it is a lethal combination that I want to make sure that no one is battling with. But let's jump back to this. Okay, so everything she had was a brand name. I would walk in and feel like a princess using her stuff. And and to this day, we laugh about it because I've always been vocal. I'm like, oh my God, you got this, you got this. I like the way, that was where I really realized that off-brand and name brand really does have a difference. Like it has a different smell. It has a different taste, (laughs) y'all. Everything was just different. I mean, I was buying off-brand cheese. I was buying off-brand ranch. So when I come to you and I can talk to you about the things that Airbnb and short-term renting has changed for me, the income level that it's put me in I'm telling y'all the truth. Like, I'm being vulnerable and letting you know this is crazy. So, um, I go in there and I see all of these amazing, awesome things. And it just made me realize, oh, okay, there's another way to do things. I didn't know there was another way to do things. I was taught the cheapest way is the way, and that was the way. So, now there's another way. Okay, So one of my first rentals, you know, I told you guys, I started in my old apartment. I kept all the same furniture. Everything was, oh my God, this is embarrassing. (laughs) Everything was as it was, okay? So to me, that was fine. Just like you'll speak to some people, right? And they'll have an Airbnb and they'll tell the cleaners, oh, if it's still some ketchup or mustard left in the condiments, put it in the fridge, um, you know, in case the next guest wants to use it. Me personally, I'm throwing it out. I'm tossing it out. I'm not giving anything because that's disgusting. First of all, I don't want anything that somebody has opened. That even goes for soap, unless it is an automatic dispenser, like that foam soap. Those automatics are a little different. Should you have a new, fresh refill every time? I personally do believe so. But if you happen to be down on your luck, you didn't realize you were running out of soap, as long as it is something that's dispensable and not a a top you can open, I'm personally okay with leaving it in there. Anything that can be opened, though, guys, I'm tossing it. People are nasty. I watch Investigation Discovery. I watch people, and I grew up personally in a very... Um, if you've heard any of my other episodes, you know that the way I grew up was not well. It wasn't right. So I've personally seen what people do that are sick. And no, take the open things out, okay? So 
I only went on to that example to explain how people have different preferences. I personally want a fresh roll of tissue every single time. I know some cleaners and some hosts that are okay with, as long as there's some tissue on the roll, re-stamping it, you know, like putting it under the faucet, giving it a new seal, and putting it back on the roll. Uh, what the, no, what if that tissue fell on the ground? Okay, guys, so everyone has their preference, but that's important for you to recognize because sometimes when you stay in your own rental, you've put it, designed it, and have things arranged according to your preference. You may like the bed further from the door, closer to the door so that you can hear when someone walks in. The layout may not work that way. So that's why it's important to realize that we are designing spaces for other people to enjoy. Now, if you are someone that always had your own place and people always come over and said, oh my God, this is beautiful. You decorate so nice. They love your space. Then yes, people love your space. You probably should stay in your own rental and see how you feel. But those of us that need the help, staying at your own rental is not always the best. That's why we get our friends to stay at our rentals. We get our investors to stay at our rentals. We get our associates to stay at our rentals because we're able to get a clear opinion from people that would pay us. We've put this according to how we've grown up, according to what we've studied in school, according to what we've seen on HGTV. And now we need the opinion of consumers. All right. That is what I said. All of that long stuff to say. <laughs> I'm so long-winded sometimes. Okay, so next thing on the checklist. Are you checking in with your guests at least once during their stay to ensure everything is going well? This gives you an opportunity to rectify any issues prior to a review. I have my opinions on this one, but I want to keep it moving for the sake of the fact that this episode is already long and I don't want it to be too long for anyone. So, are you asking guests for a review at the end of their stay? And are you, are you rating your guests on the, um, you know, on like Airbnb and things like that? One thing I will say for that is it is okay to, when you're sending the checkout message, just reiterate, hey, we thank you so much for staying with us and we truly look forward this is what I do to not sound so forward, but to be forward. I do say we look forward to your five-star review, but instead of saying five-star, I put five stars, like the emojis. We thank you so much for staying with us. We enjoyed you, and we look forward to your five-star review. Of course, I say other things in that, but I just wanted to give you a general gist so that you can put that down. Okay, so what's your response rate and response time when a guest or a potential guest reaches out? This used to be terrible for me. So your response rate and time can even influence your search ranking on um, agencies like Airbnb. That is true. You know, we're rated for response time. Superhost status is um, accounted in response time. So let me tell y'all what used to bother me. You know, Airbnb, you do work for yourself. You do have your own units. What used to bother me is when people would come through asking stupid questions or those scam requests. You still have to respond to those. You still have to respond to stupid questions so that your response time isn't affected. You still have to respond to scams. And more importantly, you should be the last response in the message. The guests should not be the last response. 
um, in order for your response rating to be the highest. Now, of course, you should be using virtual assistants that you find on Upwork, Fiverr, maybe your daughters that you've employed at the company, your sons you've employed at your company, your friends you've partnered with, whomever. But you should be able to, as the owner, if you're listening as a host, have someone that you can have assist you with the messaging, especially when you have multiple properties. And I'm just going to touch on this really quickly before jumping on. I know so many people say, oh, you don't need a co-host. You don't need this. You don't need that. But I'm going to tell you where I've seen people say that at the most is those that are not taking full advantage. Um, I mean, not co-host, a virtual assistant. I'm sorry, guys. They'll say you don't need a virtual assistant or you don't, you know, whatever. I've seen those statements come from people that are not taking full advantage of all platforms. Let me just paint you a picture. You have a unit, right? And let's just say you even have one. You have that one unit now on Airbnb, on Verbo, on Peerspace, on Gigster, on whatever other agencies you're on. But I've named to you at least four that will require you to message guests and that at least calculate a response time. Many people just consider the one. So that means that all of the work that's done on that Airbnb listing, you do have to duplicate on Peerspace, on Gigster, on the other ones, right? The pictures. Keep in mind, if you're taking it through the Airbnb photographer, those images are copyrighted. So you have to find a way to transfer those images to all of your listings and then stay up to date on the response. More importantly, don't get the platforms mixed. It's very easy to not get Airbnb mixed, but I used to get Peerspace and Gigster messages mixed all the time like I'll get my bookings mixed because it's still a short-term platform where they're only renting one to two to three hours right but I would be mixing them like oh, okay well I got a gigster booking here and then I'll go and I'm like oh I don't see the booking maybe I was tripping and it was really on peer space the person's there they're ready luckily the space was ready for them but I'm just saying guys it becomes a lot if you're thinking about your regular life too So don't be afraid to get some help in that regard. Come up with a plan for handling negative reviews and consider providing your guests with guidance for rating their experience. Now, this is a big one. Um, Many people in the world, this is the weirdest thing ever. I don't know. I'm sure you've heard this. There are some people in the world where if they are given an opportunity to rate you five stars, they usually rate no one five stars, right? I mean, you have to be glowing. There are some teachers that given the opportunity to rate a a child one to 100, for some reason, and this is not, you know, when I shouldn't have said a child, I should have said maybe a student because this is when you get to college. There are even some professors you can write your heart out and for some reason you just cannot get that 99, that 100. You're coming in at 89. You're coming in even at 91 if they're feeling nice. And you're like, this was amazing. Why am I not getting higher? There are some people that have a bias against positive reviews because of who they are. It doesn't have anything to do with you. And then there are some people that act that judge you accurately, meaning you made them feel great, you provided a great experience, so of course they're giving you five stars. I need you to consider as a host that you will be hosting both types of people. So a plan for handling negative reviews is imperative. One of the amazing plans is what is it? Offense rather than defense? Yes, offense rather than defense. So in advance, letting them know if you have any 
questions or concerns, I'm one call away. Provide that phone number in the messages so that should anything come up, they contact you immediately, you resolve it so it's not really an issue. It's not like something that impacted their stay. It's something that came up and you immediately resolved it as would any hotel if anything came up. Lastly, ensure that your home contains guidebooks with helpful explanations of amenities, trash pickup days, quiet hours, etc. if applicable. Do you go above and beyond by also providing local recommendations for dining and activities? If your home does contain guidebooks, have they been reviewed over the past year for accuracy? Those restaurants that have closed, those business hours that are changed, those coupons that have expired. Are we making sure that we're giving a guest an accurate account of where they'll be staying? The amazing thing I love about staying at a hotel is when you go on there, they let you know everything that's by, they let you know the restaurants, how many miles away it is. And when you get to the hotel, you're getting menus of those restaurants, you're getting maps, you're getting whatever you need to make you feel as at home as possible in a place that's not your home. Because if you were at your own home, you would know where the nearest restaurant, you would know where the nearest activities, you would know where the nearest um, skating rink is, you would know these things. These are things that people don't know. So it is important to overly tell the guests what you're by. You can let them know the hottest restaurants, the nearest malls, the nearest schools, the nearest anything you need to to make them feel as comfortable as possible. But make sure that you're following up with visual representation. When they get there, they can look over, see. Some people even have anxiety issues and things like that help them feel more comfortable. I thank you so much for joining me for this long episode, but it is one talking about how to become a master of revenue management. So becoming a master of revenue management first means making some revenue, making some money. The questions that you ask yourself as an owner are the answers that you provide in your unit. So don't be afraid to review these questions again with yourself, your business partner, or with someone you trust and begin to implement changes that you feel like will help you profit and succeed in 2023. After all, that's the goal. That's what we're here for. We're here for generational wealth, making money for our family, and buying name brand things. <laughs> we're here so we don't have to get um, the off-brand. We can get Dawn Dish Soap, y'all. That was another thing, too. I didn't even realize that off-brand soaps don't even suds the same. All right. Well, I thank you so much for joining me in this episode. If you found this helpful, please share, share, share with someone you care about. And um, if you haven't already followed Airbnb with D on Instagram, please do so. If you have not already joined my group coaching group on Facebook, I don't know what you're waiting on. The link to do so is in this episode's description.